This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and that means you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, that number, 800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those. freetalklive.com. Well, Mark, I guess you uh, wanted to start things out with a personal story. What, recently you got a, a ticket when you were down in Massachusetts? Like in October, right. Okay, and I guess you didn't have your speeding detector thing there, the radar detector. You didn't have that. Well, um, I didn't happen to have it on at the time, um, but it doesn't change the fact that they were using LiDAR, and so hmm. there's really not much you can do against LiDAR. Laser? Yeah, it's... it's you call it LiDAR because cops lie, or what? where's <laughs> I, that come I, from? I don't know. I'll look it up for you, and I'll, okay. I'll tell you what the LiDAR stands for. But, yeah, we were down in Massachusetts at one point, and they hit us with uh, the laser, but luckily I guess we weren't going fast enough for them to want to pull us over. We were definitely speeding, but not to the point where they came after us, so I think we got lucky. I've been uh, popped by the LiDAR, too, and uh, when I had my uh, speed detector dealie on, but um, usually it doesn't let you know until you've been hit. Now, I think they make detectors that actually jam the lasers. They, Have you I heard think that? that I think that they do, and I've heard so much um, on the internet about them being hoaxes. Really? That I'm just a scared. I'm just scared to buy one. I don't want to spend fifteen hundred dollars on something that's going to jam lidar or that isn't going to jam lidar. Mm. Um, so I I don't know what to do about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. I'm not enough of a driver. I don't speed off. I mean, I speed a little bit, but not crazy, and I don't go far enough to where I I can I should make that investment. Yeah, but, uh, I, I totally get it. The um, I'm sure. That, I mean, have you looked for like a frequently asked questions file online or something like that? I'm sure I've looked online. I'm, I'm not an expert on, on this online stuff like you are. You probably can go online and figure everything out pretty quickly and easily. When I go there, I don't know whether I'm looking at fact or fiction, whether right. I'm looking at someone's conjecture or, um, you know, it's just it's it's not easy. So what? Um, so you got a ticket. Mm-hmm. And you decided you wanted to go to a hearing. What what does that mean? Well, I figured um, they they gave me a ticket for going eighty and a fifty five. Mm. Um, it, they have a highway. Like a There's a highway ticket. in Massachusetts that it makes sense to them to make fifty five miles an hour. Was that like a two hundred dollar ticket? Two hundred and fifty dollar. Okay. Um, there it was a two hundred dollar ticket, and then there was a fifty dollar fee on the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever I'm getting assessed this fee for, no thanks, I don't want it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. The so service a, fee. Yeah, there's a service. There is something just like a service mm-hmm. fee on the ticket. So um, I thought, you know, for two fifty, I think it might be interesting to see how this all goes. I've never fought a ticket before, um, and right. it, I figured I'd, I'd go check it out. The uh, the cop wasn't in his vehicle when he uh, popped me. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he didn't pop me. Um, he was walking along the side of the road, so he may have gotten me after he got onto the road and got behind me or something okay but he didn't um you know he didn't get me from the side of the road mm-hmm. so i thought eh, well my case you know there's worse cases in the world um so i asked for a hearing and it took him two months or some ridiculous amount of time to finally give me a hearing it was in back in october and now it's january okay i just had my hearing and um in massachusetts they don't uh you don't get to face your accuser at your first hearing um there's well, sure you do the state. <laughs> well, I did face the state. State. I, I faced a magistrate and a cop guy. Okay. Uh, the cop guy was not my cop guy. And, uh, you know, I showed up a little late. I got lost getting there. And, and finally... Uh-oh. Uh, That's yeah, no good. They, they don't like that. They they didn't have a problem with it. Apparently, they're hmm. dealing with enough miscreants, and uh, they have a system for it. So it didn't matter. Okay. Um, now, if I would have not shown, shown up by uh, an hour or two later, then it might have been a bigger deal. Hmm. 
But um, I was scheduled for 10.30, and if I would have not been there by 12.15, it would have been a problem. All right. So uh, I had to wait half an hour before I um, got seen. And uh, Was it all traffic, the, the court you were in, all traffic stuff? Yes, okay. and this, this isn't really a court-court situation. Hmm. This, one guy's a magistrate, the other guy's a uh, cop. So magistrates are not judges? No. He was not wearing a robe, and he was not a judge. Huh, okay. This is so sort it's of like a, a decider. Prelim- this is, yeah, he's a decider. This is a preliminary thing before your uh, appeal where you actually get a real trial, supposedly. Got it. And the real trial, I believe, is in front of a judge, and um, you get to face your cop and, and that kind of I thing. I see. So um, they, they called me in, and I sat down, and they, you know, they told me that I was uh, charged with uh, going 80 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour 50, 50 mi- zone, and, and what do I have to say for myself? I'm like, I wasn't going 80 miles an hour. I was going 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, which I practiced in front of the mirror just to make sure my delivery was good. <laughs> I was going 60 miles an hour. Okay. Um, I should have said I was, wasn't going 80 miles an hour unless all the cars were going 80 miles an hour because I was just keeping up with traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't feel like I was speeding. Um, I couldn't tell you how fast I was going. I was just keeping up with traffic is what I should have said. But um, it, in, instead, I had admitted guilt by saying 60 okay. um, to 5 miles an hour, and he kind of clung to that. Um, no cop would ever pull me over for going five miles an hour over the uh, limit unless they, you know, profiled me somehow and they're okay. not going to do that. So, um, he, you know, he, he asked, and I told him that the cop was walking along the side of the road. There's no way he hit me with l- LIDAR, blah, blah, blah. Then they said, well, we both know this officer. They know. They I mean, these guys are in sure. cahoots. Of course. <laughs> of course they are. And I'm like, oh, boy. And, um, you know, they, they told me how great LIDAR is and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they then they hit me with something I wasn't really, I wasn't prepared for, so they I I decided that I was at the you know at that point I decided I'm going to give up. Okay. Um. What did they hit you with? Well, they cut the ticket in half. I see. They're so, going to cut you a break. Yeah, they're going to they, they gave me a plea bargain. Mm-hmm. And um, you know I'm sitting there thinking, well, they didn't buy my story uh, about going 60 miles an hour. They like this cop. Um, they feel they have their evidence is pretty solid. As far as the lie, but they're also goes. the state. I mean, you can't challenge these things. Well, you like, can challenge them. You, the, well, the, I think maybe you could challenge them if you walked in there with a Mark Stevens uh, script. Oh, I don't think you have a chance with a Mark Stevens script. But I mean, otherwise, they can do whatever they want to do to you. Mark Stevens might have a chance with a Mark Stevens <laughs> script. I think you, if you're going to do the Mark Stevens thing, fly Mark Stevens out. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't, I don't know if you even get representation at uh, something like this. Right. Well, they, they are totally in control. They're the ones with the claim. Uh, they're the ones with the court. And really, they're just. They are just being nice to you, so-called, by cutting the, the ticket in half. They I didn't must have say, to do that. There were three people ahead of me. There were four people ahead of me, three of which got off completely. Completely got off. On also speeding tickets? Yes. Um, on a different, what different was their technique? Viol- I don't know. I didn't get a chance to talk to them. They oh. want to leave once they get off. You know, I'm out of here. You were sitting there in the courtroom. No, there's no, they... there was no sitting in the courtroom. There I were two, see. There were three people in that room when I was in there, and I was one of them. You come in, then you leave, the next person comes right. in. Right. And uh, basically, they'd come out, and they'd give their, the disposition of their case. I made it. Got completely off. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the one, the one gal uh, said, I should have lied. And uh, as she walked out, I assumed she was found some sort of guilty mm-hmm. or another. And... Um, I told everybody as I came out, I said half price, and I left. <laughs> but uh, funny. Yes. Well, that's that's essentially what happened. They offered me half price, and I uh, I, I took it. 
So is it worth your time, uh, the the hours that you spent driving and waiting and all of that? No. For the it wasn't production? worth my it wasn't worth my time, but it it was sort of some show prep. I was kind of mm-hmm. interested in what goes on in these circumstances. If my case had had been better, if I hadn't have been going eighty miles an hour, which I absolutely was going eighty miles an hour in a fifty five mile an hour zone. But uh, even if you hadn't have, uh, even if you'd only been going 55 and they pulled you over claiming that you were doing 80, how do you refute that? You can't. I understand. I understand. Um, you know, the, you don't. You the can't show them anything. If if I had been going 55 and I had been pulled over for doing 80, I would go back. Now, you know, I would. I wouldn't take. Um, I wouldn't have taken the punishment for something that I didn't do. Um, when I, you know, but, they, but my point is, if they wanted to dole out the punishment, you would have taken it. Like if they had, uh, if you'd gone, I would have taken it uh, rather than rather than open up in the um, with an automatic weapon in the courtroom. Right. Yes, I would have taken it. Right. If you'd gone in there and said, "Look, uh, look, magistrate, I didn't do it. I was only doing 55," and you were being honest with them, and he says, "Well, they told me you did 80. I'll offer you half off," and you'd say, "No, I didn't do anything." And then they say, "Okay, well, you, I guess you're going to trial." Then you go to trial, and then what happens? Then they screw you. Then you're going to get the the full amount. Well, um, you've got no. I don't, it just seems so difficult to me to fight these things. Well, it, fighting it, um, you know, the, the, uh, what? Uh, there were five people that I can give you evidence uh, that I can that I had ex- evidence on today, and three of them walked away. Mm-hmm. I say take it to court just for kicks, at least once in your life, and do it. I see. Um, you know, in in my case, I could I can afford like I you know I, I can afford to go and and uh, fight this thing and just well, find were, out if you were prepared happen. to pay the full amount. Regardless of what happened, I, it would be interesting to, to take a Mark Stevens approach. AdventuresInLegalLand.com is his website, and basically what he does is he asks a bunch of questions to box the judge into a corner. Either the judge will have to slap you with a full charge or throw out the case entirely. Interesting approach. More on the way, 800-259-9231. How free trade hurts? We'll investigate. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free, and that does include the bulletin board system. We've got over 165,000 posts for you. Over 1,300 people are interacting. Lots of stuff to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff, all there and all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it the right to bear arms? Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Panelists include pro-Second Amendment New Hampshire state representatives and gun organizations, as well as Bill Westmiller, the national chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Visit freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information and get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum as we go to the phones to the fun. Matt in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier Line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? I called because uh, something happened to my wife today. She works about a mile from our home, mm-hmm. and she works at night. So she's coming home in the morning at about 7.30 or so, and she gets pulled over by the police. Mm. Now, she's not speeding or anything. She gets pulled over, and the police inform her that the old car that we have in the driveway that's been parked there for months for months has not passed the uh, emissions test, and therefore her license was suspended. 
So wait, she they were wait. Were they waiting for her? Wait a minute. Were they? I mean, they knew about the car in your driveway, so they were sort of staking her out to pull her over. Where was she pulled over in relation to your driveway? Ah, uh, she was pulled over just coming out of her work. So they were waiting and, for her. Yeah, it seems to me like they were waiting for her. Yes, that oh. sure is what it seems like, because her license was suspended. They knew that she had, because she has a new Jeep that she drives, Mm -hmm. or is a year old, but it's new to her. And the old car that she had is a a junker. She used to drive around in the wintertime, and it hasn't moved since probably a year ago. It's just been sitting there. She filled out all the paperwork that she was supposed to fill out. She sent it into the state. She did everything she's supposed to do like a good little drone. And they still pulled her over and suspended her license. Well, now, wait a minute. What? Uh, okay, so her license wasn't suspended when she was pulled over. They suspended her license after she was pulled over because the other car, the junker car, hadn't had emissions testing. Well, her, actually, her license was suspended before she was pulled over. That's why they pulled her over, because it was suspended. I see. And, yes, it was because the other car, the old car, had not had it's emissions tested for such a long time. Well, that it seems to me that that other car um, is that's a non-moving violation. To, and how can they suspend a license over a non-moving violation? I mean, they can, they could, you know, generally when you state get state of Illinois and they can do what they want. They can do what they that's want. Exactly but, what but I was going to say. It's, it's wrong. And they're going to do what they want. It's wrong and it's inappropriate to uh, suspend her driving privileges because there's a um, what amounts to. A abandoned vehicle in the driveway, or you know, not abandoned, but a, a junk vehicle is what the, the terminology they generally use. It may it may very well be a Lamborghini, but if it's not licensed and uh, you know emitted and inspected, as far as they're concerned, it's junk. It it is a junk car. You know, I we admit that it's a junk car. All she has to do is pick up the phone and and um, have them take it to the to the junkyard. But because of this, she cannot drive for three days. It's ridiculous. She Wait. had to call around the state today. To, to tell them what was going on with the car, and they finally said, okay, we should get this straightened out in three days. So they're going to unsuspend her license if you tow the car away? What are the parameters that uh, she will get her license back? Uh, she's getting her license back. It doesn't matter what we do with the car. She had filled out all the proper paperwork. It's their error. Oh. Their error because she had filled out all the paperwork saying, you know, here this car doesn't work anymore. I, I don't see. drive it anymore. And they lost the paperwork, or I don't know, some bureaucrat misplaced it. It happens all the time. There's all kinds of paperwork mishaps that result in people uh, getting in trouble. And then, uh, then they, then you, then you waste hours and hours of time, and who knows, in some cases, um, some amount of dollars, just trying to get everything straightened out again. Exactly what happened to her, and now she's got to go to work tonight. She hasn't any sleep. How's she going to get there? Uh, Is she going to walk? You driving her? Her, her father is going to give her a ride. Uh, I, I would give her a ride, but I'm going somewhere at 7 o'clock. Her father is going to give gotcha. her a ride. Well, and best of luck getting daughter, all that straightened out, Mike. Yeah. Or Matt, Matt rather. I, I, our daughter is going to get, uh, get her, pick her up in the morning. It's, it's a big hassle. I hate these anti-pollution laws. They're stupid laws. Uh, unfortunately, there are inspections. I, I, I wish I could tell you that there's good news here in New Hampshire, but unfortunately there are inspections up here as well. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to get rid of those one of these days. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to know is um, there's this guy named Dave who called you last night. Mm-hmm. Is is his real name Tommy Chong? 
<laughs> Thanks it does for the call, sound like Matt. him. We appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. I think most people think he sounds like Rocky. Like Rocky Balboa. Well, they, he doesn't quite have the accent that Rocky does. Right. Not quite the same, but he, he's, he, he talks slow like Tommy Chong does, you know, he and I, I can't imitate it. You and I met him one time at the... What? You oh, you mean Tommy Chong? Yes, Tommy No, Chong. I didn't meet Tommy Chong. You did not? No. Oh, well, I met Tommy What was that, the comedy club? No, it was uh, at the radio station. He came in and did uh, morning shift no, on I the oldies that. thing. I yeah. missed that. All right, 800-259-9231, the packet 8 toll-free line. We're going to talk about so-called free trade here in a moment. But since we're talking about vehicles getting pulled over, let's go to Bangor, Maine, and the Associated Press. The Bangor City Council approved a measure on Monday that prohibits people from smoking in vehicles when children are present. When the law goes into effect next week, Bangor will be the first municipality in Maine to have such a law. Similar statewide measures have been adopted in Arkansas and Louisiana and are under consideration in several other states. People who smoke with children present in the confined space of a car or truck might as well be deliberately trying to kill those children, mm. said City Council bureaucrat Patricia, Patricia Blanchett, who is a smoker. As though that makes uh, what she's doing all the more okay. Right. As you know, it, I've heard smokers abdicate their responsibilities um, for quitting by, uh, you know, attempting to come up with things like this. Well, you know, if they just pass a law that would make cigarettes that much more, then I would stop. You know what? You're responsible for stopping. You're, you started smoking. You have to stop. Don't go and pass coercive, violent laws against people because you don't have what it takes to quit. Well, I know it's hard. Please, stop. Get away from the law books. The councilwoman says, let's step up to the plate and lead. Our children are worth the fight. Well, how do you feel about this? I mean, is it worth it to essentially create a new law that will allow police to pull over parents and harass them simply to save the children? Are children really being saved anyway? Is secondary uh, smoke inhalation or a secondhand smoke inhalation really as dangerous as they say? What um you know I've I've seen people that uh, have habits um you know they they have an oral fixation they're trying to fix their oral fixation by uh, you know using fake cigarettes have you ever seen this yeah have you ever seen anybody who uh, likes to chew on straws sure just the philosophy of chewing on a straw just the thought of it makes me want to makes me want to gag a little bit like the whole mm. idea of chewing on a straw but I wouldn't use a law in order to uh, in- implement my uh, my my druthers well chewing on a straw is not going to hurt your kids it, it makes me want to gag though. I see. When I see somebody chewing on a straw. Oh, so that could hurt you. Well, I see I, what you're saying. I'm just saying that, hmm, I wonder if cops will be pulling people over for chewing on straws or using one of these uh, oral fixation devices or, I don't know, they have a pin in their mouth because they're thinking. It's an excellent question because uh, th- th- that leads us to the next part of the article, and that is whether or not this is going to be a primary or a secondary offense, meaning can the police pull you over if you're in Bangor, Maine, for if they think you're smoking a cigarette? Or do they have to pull you over for something else? We'll explain on the way. It's your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. 
All of the features on the site are totally free, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners. We've got dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo, and we put them up on our website because we're proud of our lady listeners, and the point of the Shrine is to show them off. So head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about, and if you are a lady listener, then uh, you might want to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. SACL CAI. Sake where they don't break your legs. Bangor, Maine, uh, City Councilwoman Patricia Blanchett, smoker, she's leading the fight to make it illegal, and in fact they have with a 6-3 to three vote earlier this week, to make it illegal to smoke a cigarette with children present in the confined space of a car or truck. Now, it doesn't specify that uh, if the window is down, that's going to make a, a difference. I don't think it will. Um... Essentially, if you're smoking a cigarette and there's a child in your vehicle, then you could get pulled over because they've decided that this is not going to be a secondary offense. This is going to be a primary offense. An amendment that was added makes the violation a primary offense. That means the police can pull over vehicles if they see somebody smoking with anyone under the age of 18 in the vehicle. If it were a secondary offense, police would have to stop the vehicle for some other reason, such as speeding, which, of course... We know that cops make up reasons all the time to pull people over. Uh, Several residents, doctors, and representatives of the Bangor Region Chamber of Commerce and the Fusion Bangor Development Group spoke in favor of the ordinance. A pediatrician said the evidence is incontrovertible that exposure to cigarette smoke causes medical disorders in children, including asthma, bronchitis, ear infections, and heart disease. Children are the most in need of the protection by public policy because they can't protect themselves, he said. But the ordinance also had its critics. Another counselor voted against the law, said the police department should vote its, uh, devote its energy to more important issues. Well, that means she's against children, Mark. Hmm. There's already too much government intervention in people's lives, she said, and I would agree with her on that one. What other ways could we maybe have the government step in to uh, prevent children from being harmed that we haven't yet thought up? What, uh, what's going to come next now that they can pull people over? For smoking a cigarette in their car, even though the even though this doctor claims it's incontrovertible evidence, I don't know that necessarily is the case because from what we've seen, the EPA study that was originally done, what was it in the 80s, I think? Yeah, uh, it was done on secondhand smoke was essentially falsified. Yeah, they it, just made up some numbers or put a different. I forget exactly how they screwed the pooch on that one, but they, they uh, took all of the people that had lung cancer and. Um, said those people have come in contact with secondhand smoke, which is a At true some statement. point in their lives. And then, therefore, this is where it gets erroneous, they, uh, they applied the fact that they came in with secondhand smoke to the, fa- um, to the fact that they have lung cancer, and that's what they did. Essentially, they blamed made that all jump cases. Of, they made um, that logical jump uh, mm-hmm. and, and came to the conclusion that it, it must have been the secondhand smoke. I mean, uh, wasn't it uh, Superman's wife, uh, Christopher Reeve's wife? Didn't mm-hmm. she die of lung cancer, not a smoker? I don't recall. 
Yeah, I believe that that was the case. And then there's George Burns, who made it to age 100, smoking cigars quite a bit, and I don't believe he got any cancer. I don't think that, uh, well, yeah, he can't. cigar smoking in the manner that George Burns did them is different than uh, cigarette smoking. Mm. I know you don't smoke cigarettes or cigars, so you don't really know that. But uh, I understand, but you're smoking a cigar. You can still get mouth cancer from smoking cigars, or right? Or throat or, you know, yeah. Okay, cancer, yes. I don't think he had those. He did not. Those things. And, you know, there's there, there's lots of smokers that die of things besides lung cancer. Right. Um, there's there's no way to um, be certain that that's what's going to happen. Some people die of lung cancer. Some people don't die of lung cancer. And what about parents that it let just their exacerbates kids... the situation? I just want to think of some other things since governments uh, again the the uh, I guess what they're going by here is that children need protection from the government. Say the uh, the advocates because they can't protect themselves. Well, what other things can government get into in our private lives that they have yet to actually get into? And meddle with. How about uh, sugar bomb cereals? How about uh, you know parents that allow their children to eat Lucky Charms, uh, Cocoa Puffs, you know the uh, Frosted Flakes, these cereals that obviously are not good for kids. Uh, they could hurt harm the children's teeth if they aren't brushing their teeth. You know, are we going to make it so that uh, we t- have checkups every day or every other day at school or maybe once a week just to make sure that kids are brushing their teeth correctly? Are we going to start stepping into the bath of family bathroom as well if we could? I mean, th- wouldn't there be some do-gooders that would like to do something like that? I think that uh, people would claim that sugary cer- cereals can contribute to kids having, you know, ADHD and behavior Diabetes. disorders. Yeah, absolutely. There's all kinds of things that they could uh that could claim, and that's dangerous for children. What other things? Uh, maybe taking the kids out to fast food too often, a little little more often than the, is acceptable. Maybe we need to have a maximum quota of uh, fast food, because some parents are, are in a rush, I guess. They don't feel like they have enough time to eat uh, to make some food at home, so they, they run out to McDonald's, grab a Happy Meal, something like that. Maybe we should uh, keep track of these sorts of things. Maybe if we could have a cop um, sort of... Or, no, what we'll do is we'll have McDonald's employees be the enforcers, because it's too too hard to hire police officers to actually watch all of the fast food uh, chains. So what we could do is just make it so that the uh, employees at each restaurant track all of the parents that come through. But people will lie. In a, the word mm. disguises. Here's what we need to do. Nope. Okay. UPC um, symbol tattooed. Electroviolet. Yeah. Electroviolently on the hand. RFID chip implanted. Or if, if people don't have right. a hand, put it on their forehead. Um, and then they can, uh, you know, bloop, bloop. They get scanned, right? Cause and then it'll draw up their computer file. We want to make sure parents are being responsible, right? I mean, that's the purpose of all this, right? And then that way you'll know not only what their kids have been eating, but what they've been buying themselves. If they have, uh, you can have their medical records kind of, uh, you know, evaluated in there. And if they yeah. they're not eating right, you could, you know, just mandate that that's what they buy. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, Bernard, you can't have a pizza. How about a leafy green salad tonight? This is uh, you think we're being a little bit facetious and we are to an extent. I'm just, but these are the these this is what these people would this like. This is though. what they would like. This is these these are their fantasies and I believe we're probably just barely even scratching the surface of uh, the fantasies of these people. And I understand where they're coming from because some parents aren't the greatest parents in the world. Some of them might even be violent towards their children. Some of them uh, might be dangerous to have kids around. Some of them might be uh, sickos. I don't know. There's a lot of freaks out there that have kids. And I'm sure that a lot of uh, individuals who care about children 
see these bad parents, they see parents beating their kids or, you know, or hitting them in uh, the shopping mall or whatever, and they see this negative behavior from parents, they see parents smoking cigarettes near the kids in the car, and they get upset about it, and they feel like they should do something. They feel like they can save all of the children in bad parental situations in America if they just pass the right laws. And so I understand where they're coming from, but it's an infringement upon our liberties... And I don't feel good about it. And, you know, it, 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 who's to say how I raise my kids? Um, I have something to back up what you just said as far as these people having fantasies, what we both asserted as far as these okay. people having fantasies. And it's very quick. Um, the uh, From the UPI, the Family Foundation of Virginia, which successfully lobbied against same-sex marriage last year, they successfully lobbied against same-sex marriage last year. Mm. Well, now they want to change um, the laws so that um, under current law, e- either a husband or wife may end marriage without giving a specific reason. The Family Foundation would change um, would um, change this to affect couples with children, and they want to make it much harder for couples to get divorces in Virginia. Heterosexual couples. So kids, uh, families with children, they want to make it more difficult. They want to make it more difficult, which I'm because sure... Because it's in the best interest of the children, supposedly, right? Right. They, they're also fighting uh, for pornography blocking software in uh, Virginia's oh public libraries, which I don't really have the biggest problem in the world with. But um, And they're also an ongoing battle against abortion. Do you see... These people have agendas. They want to mold society as though for some reason it's a good idea. I understand where they're coming from, but as though it's a good idea to force two people to stay together that don't want to be together, that's going to be good for kids? Oh, like it's going to work. I mean, if I want to leave, I'm leaving. Not if the law steps in and forces you to go home, mister. No, they, they can't make me go home. No, they can wait. make me stay married. Well, maybe that's what's next. But that's just what the, that's just how it's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free. That does include archives and more. But give it all away. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access. But we just do it for free because we're nice like that. And we do ask, though, that you voluntarily support the show in return by voting for us. Mark, how is it that uh, listeners can vote for the show? Well, they just go to vote.freetalklive.com and um, enter their email address right there, and uh, they'll be sent a confirmation, and then click on the confirmation. The whole process, the whole process you can do in 15 seconds. Well, that'd be pretty cool. You'd have to be ready. And that's presuming their email servers are going to pump out that validation email within that period of time there could be a delay there but it's fast and it's easy vote.freetalklive.com and it makes a difference for us because it helps bring new uh, new listeners to the show because your votes put us in the top 10 podcasts of the world as they have been this month but we're not number one so we need your vote if you've yet to do it this month vote.freetalklive.com my question for you right now is what sort of uh, since we're talking about these uh, these ideas that the the society molders are coming up with, those who believe they know how to raise children, believe that their way is the best way, believe that uh, they want to impose their way upon you mm-hmm. if you're a parent, or a, perhaps a parent-to-be, as you might be, Mark, soon. Um, they are going to impose their way upon you, and if you don't like their way, well, then you're going to go to jail. And so I'm I just wondering... 
you know, we, we've talked about the story from Bangor, Maine, where they're going to make it illegal. It's going to be a, a, a pulloverable offense, primary offense, to where the cops can pull you over if they see you smoking a cigarette in a car and they believe that you're in the car with someone who's under the age of 18. doesn't matter. They don't have to have any evidence. Just if they think that that's what's going on. There's a short person in the car with you. Right. And um, so that's one example of a real-life example of how the government is um, stepping into people's personal lives. And it's not just happening in Bangor, Maine. It's happening in other states. Other localities are also considering laws like this. And my question is, what other ways do you think these control freaks are going to try to step into people's lives? Well, What are some of their fantasies? What would they love to be able to do if they could just pass a law? Uh, a nanny statist, and that's essentially what's going on here. You know, we have to watch out for people, and and the children are just really the best excuse around. Sure, they've um, been using them forever. They, well, you know, they're 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 separate human beings that you're responsible for, so you have to be perfect in every way in order to take care of these separate human beings. Otherwise, you're violating you know their rights to a uh, good life. I, I, would I, I want kids to have a good life. I do. Sure. I just think that uh, you know parents should be responsible for their kids to some extent. Otherwise, we're all going to lose all our freedoms. And then what kind of world are the kids going to inherit? A brave new world, Mark. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like a nanny status could say, could say, you know, driving in a car is dangerous. You know there's people out there that want to get rid of cars, right? Mm-hmm. Driving in cars is dangerous. We need to stop people driving in cars. Jumping out of airplanes is dangerous. We need to stop people from skydiving. I want to focus more on kids, though. I think that using the car example is good because a nanny status could say, well, we we have licenses for Ten- driving in cars. Why shouldn't we have licenses for having children? Oh, they would it's, absolutely say something. There have like been that. people who've made that, those suggestions before. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, if if you think about it and you try to figure out how this system would be implemented, then it gets really scary. Because then, if they make it illegal, and again, there are people that want this. We aren't just fantasizing here, and these are certainly not my fantasies. These are other sick control freak fantasies. Anyway, there are certainly people that would love to see this happen. So, for instance, you would have to. Uh, if if you were going to have a baby, uh, you would have to essentially go to some sort of government-approved parenting class. You would have to go and maybe go in periodically for evaluations to ensure that you haven't changed your method of rearing your children. Maybe periodic evaluations by some social worker who, of course, knows what's best. And then, of course, that means that we're going to be adopting one particular method, one accepted government-accepted method of raising children. In America, and if you don't, if you disagree with the government accepted method of raising children, then you're going to be SOL. Yeah, tough luck. Right, because um, it's the law, my friend. You know, and the other thing you have to ask yourself: What's the government going to do if you get pregnant? If a woman gets pregnant and she hasn't been properly approved? Well, you can't have abortions, I guess. Uh, Why not? You mean mandated government abortions? I suppose it could go that way, depending on who gets in charge. The government's already telling uh, kids um, what medical treatments they have to get, um, that kind of thing. I mean, you remember the the kid that uh, didn't want, for religious reasons, didn't want to get X procedure done um, that was somewhat life-threatening? Sorry, kid. You've got to have the procedure. Yeah. I, I don't see why um, what what more of a step it is to tell you an adult. You are an approved mother. You have to have you an are, abortion. Yeah, right. You are not a state approved mother. You must have an abortion. Mm. Um, and if you don't, or we'll do take it, the kid. Even even so, they could just very well take her out. Um, what are they going to do to you if you don't do what they want normally, Ian? They're going to throw you in jail. Yeah, they're, they're 
Cops will grab you. Right. It'll be a crime. Scary stuff. I want to know what you think. What are some of the ways that the nanny status would love, the most creative ways for them to take control, even more control, wrest uh, control away from parents and put it in the hands of the state to make us all even you know, ever the more dependent on state regulations and state rules? They're going in that direction. There's a story out of California about universal health care. I'm sure we'll touch on it. In fact, let's go to the phones first. Let's talk to Nick in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Nick. Hello. Okay. Hey. What's How up, you Mark? doing? Good. What's up? Yeah, you hear about this? I just saw it on ABC News about you know an hour ago. What is this? Yeah, uh, New California health care uh, reform bill or whatever it is. Yeah, they're working on it. It hasn't happened. It hasn't passed yet, but it's probably inevitable out in California. Oh, it hasn't passed yet. Uh, no, the news from ABC News, at least today, was that Governor Schwarzenegger unveiled a bold new plan to give every person in California health insurance coverage. So it's not uh, per se. Total universal health care, but it's universal health care coverage. So it's like the first step towards full, full-on state acquisition of the health care industry. Right. You hear about how they were uh, planning on paying for some of it? Mm. Uh, actually, Taxes. Can, what was <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2% tax on doctors and a 4% tax on hospitals. Hmm. Now, That's part of it. I mean, you know, I didn't see that. He's pushing this and claiming it's going to save the government $10 billion a year. Somehow. Supposedly. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm skeptical, but you know. Well, this is what's happening in Massachusetts. They just did this, uh, what, would they passed it in uh, or late 2006. The state yeah, of Massachusetts required. doing the same thing. Right. Where everyone is going to be mandated by law to have health insurance, and if you don't have health insurance, then you have to buy the state version or something like that. I think that's how it works. Yeah, it's, it's a crappy state anyway. So. Yeah, just more mandates on people. Nick, any other thoughts for us? Uh... Actually, I just wanted to bring that up for you guys, but I guess you already heard about it. We'll jump into it here. Thanks for the call, Nick. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Since you brought it up, Schwarzenegger's proposed a sweeping health care plan to cover California's 6.5 million uninsured, including all children, regardless of their immigration status. He said, uh, let's see, Schwarzenegger's plan reflects a growing nationwide trend. Many states are now getting involved in health care reform, and some observers say more will address the issue in 2007 this year. Jim Frog, the Center for Health Transformation, says, I'd say just about all 50 of them would tell you that they're wrestling with serious health care reform. Mm. The reason more states are interested in health care reform is an increasing number of uninsured Americans. They're doing it because, uh, because they care, Mark. They care about you. I, you know, that's, that's what it's all uh, draped in, but it's really just they don't think we can handle things ourselves and they love to administrate crap. Well, they're bad at it, but they like to do it. You've got over 42 million people apparently in the United States that are uninsured. Uh 8 in 10 come from working families like Cliff Whalen. Whalen's a single father in Massachusetts raising a 9-year-old son and a 7-year-old daughter. He's a personal care attendant caring for his quadriplegic brother and earns about $25,000 a year. Whalen's children are covered by health insurance. But Waylon can't afford to insure himself. He says, I work 50 hours a week. I'm not looking for free insurance. I'm just asking for something I can afford. Waylon expects that to change. He lives in Massachusetts, where a universal health care plan was passed last year. When it kicks in, he'll be eligible to buy into cheaper care. Now, let's, let's not forget that Massachusetts, with all its insurance regulations, and all states really are guilty of this to some level or another, sure. with all of its insurance regulations that require insurance companies to do this and insurance companies to do that, and not allow consumers to do a la carte choosing as far as what they want, 
Um, that's what resulted in insurance companies, um, you know, charging so much for premiums as it is. And they're required to offer this full boatload of service if they give you any. There's that problem, and then there's just the problem with this guy claims he can't afford the insurance. Well, maybe if Massachusetts wasn't jacking him with a state income tax and a property tax and a sales tax and the federal income tax on top of that, maybe if we didn't have to pay 50% of our income into all these taxes, maybe we would be able to afford the health insurance and other forms of insurance. You think? Hour number two is on the way. What do you think? 800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number two. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet eight. Toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free, so do enjoy those. They're on us. That's freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones to the fun, start things out here this hour, and talk to Cooper in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Cooper. What's on your mind? Well, I'd, I'd like to talk about Liberty Dollars. Okay. Great. Here you well, are. Um, what? I said, here you are. And go. Okay, sorry. Uh, well, I went to the Guitar Center here in Denver a while back, and uh, I got uh, five $20 Liberty Dollars for, from Santa for Christmas. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. And uh, my brother got five of them, too, and my dad encouraged, uh, encouraged us to spend them. And uh, so I went to Guitar Center, needed some new drum hardware. Mm-hmm. So I uh, went down there, I bought a bunch of stuff, but I was 20 bucks short. Okay. And so I reached in my back pocket, I was like, hey, you guys uh, take one of these? Put it down on the counter, and the lady said, hold on a sec. Went to go check with their manager. The manager's like, oh, sure, it's uh, it's an ounce of silver. It's viable. We'll take it. Wow. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, wow. so no problems then. No problems at all. That's good. Now, what I normally do when I'm spending these, and by the way, you can learn more about the Liberty Dollar at dollar.freetalklive.com. I happen to be a fan of it. Um, when I go out and, and spend a Liberty Dollar, I always make sure that I, I let the person know that you know it is real silver, and that means you can't put it in your bank. Because what happens a lot of the time is if you go out and you just sort of spend it and just give it to somebody and they take it because it's shiny and pretty, and it is shiny and pretty, um, and they take it and they try to put it in their bank, then they'll discover that the bank's going to say, whoa, we can't take this, and then they'll get disappointed. Right. And then they'll feel like they were ripped off. They'll right. feel like they were scammed somehow, there's even an, though they're really holding a piece of silver. There's an unmet expectation that um, you, can, you can use this like you can Federal Reserve notes, and, and you can't. Right, so I think it's important to point that out, and also what I like to do is uh, I like to give them a business card that way and, and tell them, you know, if there's any problem, if you change your mind, you decide you don't want it, give me a call, I'll come buy it back from you. And that way that if they, that way it totally takes away any sort of objection they could possibly have. If they take that Liberty Dollar at that point, after understanding it can't be put in the bank, and that they can call me back and I'll buy it back from them, then there's, there's going to be no way they could have buyer's remorse. And if they do, they've got my number, and that way they can't feel bad about it. Just some suggestions. Well, uh, I've, uh, I've shown these to a bunch of kids at school. I just I've carried one, one around in my pocket for a while. And they've, uh, you know, I've been saying, you know, this is, this is actually a commodity with value. It's not a piece of paper that, you know, represents money. Right. And they, they just think it, and a bunch of guys are like, oh, this can't be real silver. You know, it's got to be, it's got to be steel or something. Ooh, steel doesn't look like that. 
Well, yeah. It doesn't feel like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it doesn't sound like that either. I've dropped it a bunch of times, and it's got this like nice bell sound. It does. Um, you, you know, people just aren't they aren't used to these things. It's true. Um, and as far as money, um, you know, paper money representing, uh, you know, or paper, you know, the Federal Reserve notes representing money, they don't. They represent what they are. They're a piece of paper. Yeah, they're promises. <laughs> Not even promises. Yeah. They don't promise you anything. It's true. It's a representation of the debt that the America owes um, foreign countries and stuff. Yeah. Well, Cooper, good luck uh, continuing uh, to spread the, the word of the Liberty Dollar. Do you have anything else for us? Uh, that's about it, I guess. It's fun, It's fun, isn't it, getting out there and, and watching the, the merchants' eyes light up when they actually are getting to hold a, a piece of silver in their hands? It really is. It's, it's really, uh, really feels good. And if they if they just if they say no, just thank them, give them cash, and uh, and move on to somebody else. Right. Thanks for the call, Cooper. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The packet eight toll free lines for you. If if you've never heard of the Liberty Dollar before, it's a alternative currency, sort of in the same way that UPS and FedEx are an alternative competing shipping service to the USPS to the Postal Service. Well, same idea with the Liberty Dollar. It's an alternative competing currency to the Federal Reserve note. Federal Reserves, uh, Federal Reserve notes backed by nothing. Liberty Dollar, backed by real silver. There's actually the certificate form, and then there's the um, the specie fil- uh, form, as they call it, the the, the actual coin. piece of silver. It's not right. a coin. You can't call it a coin because that's a, a government-only term. Oh, I see. Apparently, well, it looks remarkably like a coin. Well, yes, it's very attractive, very nice, and uh, I think it's a cool thing. There's there's a lot of controversy over it though. Some people think it's a scam. Some people believe that when you go and you give a Liberty Dollar to somebody in payment for goods, that you're trying to scam them. And that's one of the reasons why I say what I say, to head off any, any, any potential claims of the scam. And the, the, scam, the people that claim it's a scam say that, well, it only costs X amount of dollars to get a $20 Liberty, uh, $20 Liberty um, Silver Liberty, as they call them. Um, it costs you maybe 17 bucks, and then you essentially go out and you spend it at a profit. You actually profit so-called from spending the money and they believe that that's the scam but it's not a scam because that's how money works when for instance when banks get their dollars from the upper echelon banks they the don't pay a dollar are, for them the ones that are closer to the federal reserve mm-hmm. they get them at a fraction of a dollar's price i'm not sure exactly what their deal is but they buy a bulk load of dollars and they get them at a discounted rate then they lend them to you not only at just face value but at face value plus interest so they're Actually, really they, you rolling know, in dough. When when they lend them to you, they they just create them out of thin air, don't they? That's true as well. Yeah. Yes. I mean that's as, uh, that's fractional reserve lending. Right. Um, to, There's know, but, that factor also. But there is no real reserve when it comes to our um, dollars anyway, because the dollars aren't anything. Right. I just think it's funny when they claim that it's a scam. No, it's the most honest money out there. And if you think you can do better, I would love to see someone come up with a, a competing currency to the Liberty Dollar. Let's get two competing silver currencies out there if you think you can do it so much better. If you think it's a scam and you think that, for instance, they, they get all upset because the cost of a, an ounce of silver in bullion form is what, 12 bucks? I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the actual price recently, but it's not the cost of the silver liberty, which is $17. So let's say there's a $5 discrepancy there. Well, it's not exactly cheap to run your own business minting uh minting these silver liberty pieces you've got to get the silver you've got to turn it into a very attractive piece for the consumers to use the minting process costs money it's not like they're going out there just chunking off blocks of uh, silver and throwing them out to their uh, distributors they have to make it a, a, a viable currency 
And pretty, so there's pretty overhead. Pretty good, by the way. Uh, silver is twelve dollars. So there's overhead involved. You know, you've got an office to run. You've got a toll-free line to pay for. You've got a website. You've got staff to pay. So all these things factor in. There's no scam going on here. It's a legitimate product in the marketplace. Absolutely. Dollar.freetalklive.com. Let's and go to. Hmm? If if you tell people ahead of time, it. I don't see how they can claim scam. No, I don't. I don't and think people, so either. Whenever I've had them, my experience is people want to buy them from me for collector purposes. Yeah. Let's talk to Brandon in Japan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you guys doing? Hey, dude. Good. What's on your mind? I was wanting to talk about creative ways for the government to control parenting. Okay. Um, so took a couple notes here. It looks like I've only got two minutes before your segment's over. So um, most governments run on a three-pronged kind of approach to their programs. They rely on indoctrination, regulation, and penalization. Mm-hmm. So we already have indoctrination in schools. Um, it's called home economics. And... Um, generally junior high kids or high school kids, they get their little plastic babies and, you know, they have a teacher who works for the government basically telling them how they should be parents. So that part's already taken care of. I don't even need to worry about that. I never went to home economics class. Was that something that everyone had to do? Um, it depends on which school district you go to. I know that when I went to high school, it was required for everybody. Huh. Um, so wow. everybody had the experience of carrying around a little plastic doll for a little while. Oh, um, gosh. Or an egg in in poor schools, you have to carry an egg around. I see. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. Well, um, we had to carry around eggs in my school. Does that mean that we were poor? I think it was just a long time ago. <laughs> well, didn't have the technology, but yeah. Okay. Um, our schools were were well funded, so we had plastic belts. Got it. So then on to regulation, um, and that would be a breeder's card. So um, in order to get a breeder's card, you'd have to have uh, you would have to have passed the government indoctrination, and you right. had to have a certificate of competency. But what's nice about the breeder's card, looking at it from a government standpoint, is you can also charge a rather hefty fee for the privilege to have kids. Hey, so you now can, you're thinking. That's right. So now you can, what you can do is you can do two things. One, you can, you can screen out people you don't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. And what's also nice about that is that you can do all sorts of other regulations based off of that. So if you are found having a kid without a breeder's card, well, now the government can give you a forced vasectomy or hysterectomy because Ooh. you're now a breeder violator. Right, so they could take your, uh, take your baby and then uh, essentially spay you or, ner- or neuter you. And there was a third factor. There was indoctrination, regulation, and then punishment. And I guess we're sort of touching into that. If you can hang on, Brandon, we will bring you back. Sure. 800-259-9231. The packet 8 toll-free line. I totally left out the monetary aspect. I was just thinking of regulation and control. I didn't even think that we could charge for the breeder cards. And he's right about that. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8 toll-free line for you. one 800 259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free, and that does include the archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Waiting patiently in Japan, we go back to Brandon on Free Talk Live. Now, Brandon, we are talking about, uh, you were coming up with some ideas as far as how the government can control parents' lives even more than it already is today. 
and you were talking you were talking about a breeder card where an apparent uh, parents uh, set of parents that wanted to actually have children would have gone through the appropriate government classes and they would be uh, they would pay the fee that would be associated with said breeder card and then they would actually be able to have a baby if they didn't have a baby then there'd be punishments involved right or if they had a baby without the breeder's card there would be punishments involved right and what's what's nice about the breeder card is is looking at it from a bureaucratic standpoint is you know i was, I was reading somewhere that um, i think the latest figures to raise a single child is somewhere around uh something like a quarter of a million dollars mm-hmm. for the 18 years you know various food and expense costs like that right so as a, as a bureaucrat i can say well you know, if you want to have a single child, then you're going to have to prove to me that you have the financial capability to take care of this child. So I need to see your bank statements. I need to see uh, your financial records. I need to have a complete listing of all your assets. So you can tie tax auditing into that as a mm. nice little side byproduct. Wow. So you um, really would be tr- uh, just tying down families with regulations. Oh, you absolutely. really could go crazy absolutely. with this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and renewals. You've got to renew the breeder card. Like absolutely. every year, or, every other year. Right, or if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to have more than one kid, well, then now you have to have like the special family breeder card or something like that, which well, gives sure. you, you know, license to do two to five kids. Or well, yeah, you got to learn all kinds of new things if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna have two kids interacting with one another. That totally changes right. the family dynamic. Right, to- total shift in the paradigm. Um, the other thing that's really nice about that is um, kids that are born outside of the breeder card, you can make them non-citizens because. In America, you can't profit from crimes, and so that child is a product of a crime. So that child is now no longer a quote-unquote citizen, so it doesn't have the same legal protections as everybody else. And if they want to become a citizen, well, guess what they get to do? They get to go through the process and fill out the forms and pay a whole bunch of money in order to become a citizen and go through more government classes and all sorts of stuff like that. So. Which might also, which might entail actually one of the first things that they could do, since kids today, for instance, that are are had outside of the system, there are kids like this, um, kids that are had outside of the system, they're not assigned a social security number. In the world that you're describing, this very scary totalitarian world, uh, you, you could essentially make the first step to citizenship an allegiance check. Essentially, you could say, well. Um, like little Johnny would uh, would be approaching you maybe at age 16 or something like that because he wants to go out and get a job and he's realized that he's got to be a citizen in this new America uh, in order to get a job. So he approaches the uh, government citizenship center and they say, well, Johnny, the first thing that you can do to prove that you're a good citizen or you're going to be a good citizen is turn in your parents. Right. Or Yeah, or you can even start it younger. Um, if kids want to even go to school, mm-hmm. um, they have to... You know, they have to have their uh, citizenship number or oh, their, of course. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Their, their birth number or something like that. So it can start even even sooner than that. Uh, right, and then the fines for having a kid outside of the system could be uh, much higher than the actual cost of the breeder card. That way it'll you know, right. give them an incentive right. to go and get the breeder card. Right, well, aside from the, you know, the forced mastectomy or hysterectomy or, um, you know, if that's, uh, if that's a life-threatening uh, surgery for somebody, then, you know, we don't want to... We don't want to kill anybody, so uh, we could force them to. We could force them to go on uh, birth control. Yes, you don't want to kill the slaves; of. just want to keep them enslaved. Right. So, 
you know, is as far as being really creative with, uh, you know, how how much you want to control, you know, parenting. It really is just limited by, you know, what you can think of and and how crazy you want to go with it. Wow. You know, it's it's uh, crazy sounding, it's far fetched, but I it's not like this is the first time I've ever heard of people talk about. Well, you should be licensed to have it's kids. It's not the first time I've heard of it either. Uh, and I'll tell you, the world's right. full of stupid people that do stupid things with their children. And that's all they'd have to do right. is hold up some of the stupid parents as an example when they're pushing for this legislation and say, see, see, if it were for this legislation, if we didn't have this legislation, or if we did have this legislation, none of this would have ever happened. This These is, kids would have, been, would have been safe. But this is how frightening the world would be if the government got in charge of this. I mean, you know, there would be right. fees. There, you know, it absolutely could happen. To us, it's frightening. But to the nanny status, it's a salivating dream world. It's true while they're thinking of um, engineering society. But when they run up against the bureaucracy themselves, mm. they hate it. Um, you know, for instance, I told you about the architect that I was dealing with the other uh, the other day. Um, he hated the idea that uh, they had to use bricks in the um, in, in the construction of commercial buildings here. But he was part of the policy that you know he made the policy. He was the uh, part of the impetus for the policy. Right. He came out against Walmart and said that they had uh, you know they, they had a sort of structure that was that didn't uh, portray the uh, character no. of the, the industrial heritage of this town. And that's blah, what blah, you blah, get blah. for teaming up with the state. And that's what happens to, to nanny statists. Brandon, any other thoughts for us? Yeah, the only other the only other thing that I wanted to add to that is is once you implement a system like this, then the system perpetuates itself. Sure. You have you have people that are born outside of this pro, of this system, so they're going to be poor. Um, they're not going to have anything, and so guess what's going to happen? The percentage of crime for people who are not born in the system is going to go up, and so government bureaucrats will go see. This is what happens when. You don't have kids within the system. It's, look at what they do. They become degenerates. They become violent. They become criminals. So that's just all the more reason for us to further lock down this breeding process. You're contributing to the destruction of our wonderful society. Our culture is at stake. Brandon, thanks for the call, man. Great one. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. The question still stands. He was actually addressing a question we asked uh, in hour number one. And if you have a sick freaky vision for what the government mm -hmm. uh, control freaks could do in the future to families, uh, some r new regulation they could create for the best interest of the children, what do you think it would be? What is your freakish control freak fantasy? 800-259-9231. I got to say, that was well thought out. That was really sick. Yeah. That was <laughs> disturbing. Certainly like I could, could see happen. that happening within 10 years in America. Breeder cards regulations, mandatory classes that people must attend before they're allowed to have children. Maybe checking in from time to time, renewing the breeder card, going back. If you maybe what happens if you what happens if you go to renew the breeder card but you don't pass the test? I mean what if they actually test you instead of just taking a cash payment from you? They test you for driver's license. They test you for all they kinds of things. They don't test you for renewal of driver's license. No, no. Um, they do once you get to a certain point. But there's that's sort of the point of the, the breeder card program is to make sure that uh, you're, you're good parents. Right. So I don't see why they wouldn't do some At testing. At least by the definition of the state. But testing wrote that definition. requires work. And, uh, it's true. And they don't like to work. They don't like to work. They do like to collect cash. They like the, they like the checks. 800-259-9231. Heidi is waiting to talk about a jury duty story. Hopefully she'll be patient and we will get to her shortly. Here, 800 259 9231. You could take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Speaking of do gooder laws, 
and programs, government programs, there are report cards going out in one area of the country, not about grades, but about how fat your kids are. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8. Toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, uh, and that does include the wiki. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Over 900 pages have been created by listeners like you. Wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, Heidi. In Colorado, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, how are you? Hello, Heidi. What's on your mind? I just wanted to share a story about jury duty that I went to recently. Ah, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> I uh, was selected to go. Um, they have this process that they do to eliminate, uh, I guess, jurors that won't fit uh, the case or whatever. There's two processes usually. There's the selection process where they have a whole big old, like 150 people all in the same room, and then they select the potential jurors from those people. Then there's voir, uh, voir dire where they actually then yeah. whittle it down even further. Which point, was, uh, which point did you get to? This was the voir dire. Okay. Okay. So I was in the room, and the trial with uh, uh, some woman was... Uh, being charged with obstruction of justice and um, failure to, I don't know, obstruction of justice was the main thing. And she was a young woman, and I guess she had been protesting and refused to uh, give up the name of her boyfriend when asked by the police officer and refused to cooperate. So she was um, charged with obstruction of justice and all this other Hmm. stuff. Anyway, and the voir dire process... um, they asked us if, I mean, the question that struck me the most, uh, and they went down the line, is, would you ever say no to a police officer? Would you ever refuse, refuse a request of a police officer? Wow. And everybody said, no, no, we, we would do everything. And then it came to me, and I said, well, of course, yes, I would refuse a request. There you go. No more jury duty for you. <laughs> well, see, I... That's the thing. I said I would not consent to a search without a warrant, you know, these type of things. But I was being honest, and, of course, I was dumped off the first, you know, they kicked me right off. And so it occurred to me that I could have made more of an uh, influence in this case had I just kept my big mouth shut. Well, you you would have had to do more than keep your mouth shut because you have to answer the question, right? Right. So you would have had to have lied. I almost would have had to have lied to get on that jury mm-hmm. and to help this woman out. I, I mean, I, there was no, what did she do? No one was injured or robbed from. Right. You it, should be free to not that, speak in the United States. If you have the freedom of speech, it also means uh, that yeah. you have the freedom to not say anything. So, so I felt like whether, this was my own judgment, but I felt like she was in there to teach her a lesson mm-hmm. for being a bad girl and not, uh, complying with the police officer. Sure, not being a good so, little citizen. Exactly. So I wondered, you know, next time I get on jury duty, how do I answer a question like that? Do I say, you know, do I become a sheep and say, oh, yes, I would do whatever 
I was asked just to get on the, I mean, I knew what everybody else was answering. It's a tough I just, question. I mean, essentially, you, you, you would have to violate your moral code if you indeed exactly. uh, believe that lying is a bad thing. In this case, maybe lying would be an acceptable thing because it would per- potentially lead to you helping this girl out. Who well, it, it's not only that. I felt that I could be more of a, you know, if no one knew that they could say no to a police officer and they were all selected for the jury, uh, it just didn't make sense to me. That, that was kind of sad, actually. Oh, yeah, that's definitely sad. I mean, this is how it works. They try to get the most clueless uh, followers on the jury that they can possibly get, and that's that's what you experienced here. You are somebody who actually has a head on your shoulders. You understand that it's appropriate to say no to authority in uh, many circumstances, and you're just the kind of person they don't want there. Now, don't they get right. an equal amount of people, that, uh, like the defense attorney and the prosecutor, get an equal amount of people that they can bump off? Sure, but yeah, you can't they, rescue but- anybody. Right, they both kick off two people, and then they're not—they're allowed to do that uh, for whatever reason they want. It could be because I have blue hair. You know, they don't—it doesn't matter. I don't want to be too presumptuous here, Heidi, but are you familiar with jury nullification? Yeah, I, I know about it. Okay, that's, that's excellent. Lo- probably not a lot of the jurors did. No, they and, certainly uh, don't. And I just felt that. I made it up in my mind that if I ever get a chance again, I'm going to be a sheep. Um, and I know maybe that's dishonest, though. Well, I'm I think it is, it is dishonest, but it's in, a, it's in a corrupt, sick system. And I don't see what the problem is with being dishonest in that particular circumstance. Mark, how do you feel uh, uh, from a moral standpoint? I, I'm, I'm certainly not the moral barometer, but as far as I'm concerned, when, they're, when you're you know, doing a greater good in, in that kind of circumstance, I mean, these people are... Uh, coercive. They're trying to propagate their uh, sick mm-hmm. system, and um, you know, if you've got to lie in order to uh, protect somebody, do what it takes to fight them. Yeah, Heidi, well, thank you. Was, uh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it was. I was just going to say it was pretty transparent what they were looking for because they also picked off some guy who had uh, protested at Kent State. So any wow, uh, any experience with police officers where you had protested or you know gone up against? Well, I had an experience like that. Uh, they wanted off. So. Well, think um, think about it this way, Heidi. If they came in, if they came to your front door and knocked on it and said, "Do you have any jewels in the z- z- basement?" Mm. I mean, yeah. what are you going to say then? <laughs> I, of course I, not. I, you've got to be you've got to be honest, right? No, you yeah. got to lie. There yeah. you go. Great point, Mark. Thanks for bringing that up. And Heidi, uh, we thank you for the call, and hopefully you'll consider sending us a picture for the Shrine of Female Listeners. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is. The packet eight toll free line. Interesting question, and I'd like to know if you're listening how you feel about the morality of lying on the stand, on the uh, the jury, the voir dire process, where they ask questions to try to uh, essentially influence the jury and discover those members of the jury that they don't want on the case. And in that particular uh, in that story, you heard a perfect example of how freedom oriented individuals like us. If we're honest about our belief system, first of all, if you're, if you're truly honest, you probably won't even make it to the voir dire process. You'll probably get kicked out uh, out of the jury selection pool. For instance, a lot of times they'll ask you that you, they get a, you get a piece of paper with, with form, a form, essentially, that you have to fill out, and they'll ask you what civic organizations you're a member of. They'll ask you what magazines you subscribe to, what are your interests, that sort of thing. So if you write in libertarian or I subscribe to... 
Reason Magazine or whatever, you know, any sort of liberty-oriented answers, you're going to get thrown right out. So you have to be really careful the entire time with what you say and what you let on to. Now, when they ask a question like they asked Heidi, and that is, well, would you say, uh, would you ever say no to a police officer? You could essentially, I, I guess, you could maybe get around it morality, uh, morality-wise in your head by saying to yourself, well, no, I would never say uh, no to, uh, or yes, I would never say no to a police officer, and then just change your mind later. Right, or you could say I would never say no to a police officer that was, uh, you know, conducting himself, you know, in a legal manner. I would never um, say no to a police officer that gave me a lawful command. Mm. I think that it's that an interesting might spin. It's it's a spin, and that might get you kicked off, but because um, they know that uh, that the, the police very well could give an unlawful order, but mm-hmm. uh, somebody who's thinking about the question too hard might not make a good juror in their opinion. I don't know. So it, it, it's interesting. I would love to hear from somebody who has actually made it through the voir dire process and actually made it onto a jury and then managed to, the case didn't get thrown out for whatever reason, they managed to go into deliberations and actually successfully nullify the case. I would love to hear a jury nullification success story because in case you don't know, it is the final check and balance on the government system that we have. This representative republic that we're supposed to have in the United States, there's four branches of government. There's the executive, the judicial, the legislative, and then you. Citizens. In the jury pool. And they don't tell you this in the courtroom. In fact, it's been out of the judges, uh, the jury instructions for the longest time. But it still applies. The judge will not tell you that you have the ability to judge the law itself. He'll only tell you that you have to judge what the case, uh, you know, the facts of the case based on the law and the blah, 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 whatever the judge normally says. That's not the whole truth. The whole truth is if you disagree with the law, you can vote not guilty because the law sucks. That's one of the reasons why prohibition of alcohol ended when it did, because of jury nullification. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The number is 800-259-9231, and it is the Packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their site, and we give it away. That We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by, for instance, buying some stuff, like at the Free Talk Live store. We've got merchandise. Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts, the DVD archive collector sets, uh, the Free Marketeer flag. It's all there and more at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. Or you can shop with us, and you can shop with us, actually, at amazon.freetalklive.com to get anything else you might need in life. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. Fill your shopping cart (laughs) with uh, everything from DVDs to books to office products, sporting goods, and more. It's all there for you. And the prices are great. The free Super Saver shipping deals are almost everywhere. And you're just going to have a great shopping experience. And you'll know that it's the best because when you check out, you'll feel good knowing that a percentage of your sale is going to Free Talk Live. It won't actually show that on your invoice, so you won't actually see the percentage. And the reason for that is because the percentage is calculated at the end of a certain time period based upon how many items that we sell. So the more items we sell, the bigger our percentage is. It's a cool little system. Anyway, head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and buy some stuff. Let's go to the phones to Brian in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark on the Amplifier. Hey, line. guys. Hey there. What's on your mind? No, I figured my, my son called in this hour and my wife called in this hour, so I figured I'd, I, I got to call in this hour. 
All righty. Well, it's, uh, it's been a family affair. Now, we normally restrict one call per night per person, but we've never had a household problem. It's before, never so. happened. It's never happened. I think they could slide under the, uh, under the rope on that So, one. Brian, what's on your mind? We got, uh, I was, uh, I'm catching up on the podcast, and I hear that uh, Mark crashed his car the other day. Yes, I did. Yeah. He's okay, now, though. Were, were, there, were there any, uh, or his wife crashed his car? Yes. Okay. Uh, were there any cops around? Anybody come by and, and sniff out a little bit? Well, um, it was, I guess it was a busy time for AAA because I let it ring 20 minutes with AAA. My phone New kept Year's. on dropping. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve morning, so 2.45 a.m. The call kept on dropping. The longest call I got, um, and, and no response from AAA at all, was 18 and a half minutes. I finally called 911. I'm like, look, could you get a cop out here, please? Something, really? You know, some, I, I called the cops. I just... You know, what, what am I going to do? The car doesn't start. I'm miles from home. Mm-hmm. It's cold. And it's, and it's getting cold. <laughs> so, um, well, go ahead. In, in Colorado, if, if you get, uh, if you have a solo spin out, they call that, or something you know, where you don't hurt anybody, you know, it's only your car that's crashed or right. whatever, and a cop happens upon you for some reason, you know, you call the tow truck, you call the insurance company, you're not going to call the cops because it's just a tree, right? Sure. If a cop happens to come along, it is the policy to cite you for unsafe speed, even if you're going two miles an hour and they weren't even there to witness it, you'll get a ticket. Wow, they're just presuming you are being unsafe. Right, they're pres- yeah. I, I, I guess it's to say, well, you know, uh, this is just a, a warning to not go so fast next time. You well, know, like, well, the, the $3,000 damage to my car is one warning <laughs> not to go so fast next time. Why do I need you? <laughs> if there's somebody that's culpable in this, I have to say that it's the, uh, it's the municipality. Um, I pay a lot of, you know, the, the, the homeowners in this area pay a lot of money in taxes. Um, you mean in your accident, culpable it, in your accident. In my, in my accident. Homeowners pay a lot of money in taxes, um, basically $5,000 for your average probably medium price home, mm-hmm. $5,000 per home, yeah, medium crazy. price. And I pay rent on a house, so therefore I'm paying those property taxes for that guy. Right. Um, so as far as I'm concerned... They should have salted that road. That truck went by at 3 o'clock, at 2.45 in the morning. It went by maybe 5 or 10 minutes after I had had my wreck. If they'd have been out there doing their jobs, there wouldn't have been ice on the road, and uh, mm. I wouldn't have been spun out into a tree. Right, because you didn't see it coming. It was black ice, as now, they call it. Now, right? I'm not prepared. I'm not, uh, I don't have the time to go after the municipality. Now, if it was a, it was a private organization, it would probably be a heck of a lot easier to sue them, but uh, it's just not worth going after. It would be different the, if your wife was dead. It, it absolutely would be. Um, we were going 25 miles an hour. I don't see how a cop could cite us for going too quick. But Well, that's just it. Brian's saying that they would have cited you in Colorado anyway. Right, just, just general principles. Yes. Just because they can. Brian, anything else? Well, yeah. We're, uh, my, my son and my wife and I, are, we've all signed the first 1,000 pledge, and right now we're just trying to figure out how to coordinate our uh, lives and businesses to make that all happen in the next year and a half. Wow, Very that good. is fantastic. We look forward to seeing you here sooner rather than later. Brian, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, sir. 800-259-9231. You know, it sort of warms my heart on the inside, Mark, to know that um, to know that families sit around. Uh, it's winter time. They sit around together, and they're not watching television. They're listening to Free Talk Live. Man. And, and, they're, and this, these same families are willing to do what it takes for liberty in our lifetime. That's extra awesome. Yeah. That's like a bonus. Let's go to Megan in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Megan. Hi. Um, hey. I'm calling from New York City, and I have a Ooh, police car story from New Year's Eve. Okay. There's plenty of them in New York City. Yeah, there sure were. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, I went out with my boyfriend who was visiting me from Scotland. Um, we were on our way home. Uh, we took the subway home, and we're walking from the subway to my house. 
um, you know, we were both pretty drunk, and he was complaining to me that he had to urinate. Uh-oh. So I told him to go behind a building <laughs> before we got home. Um, before we knew it, two police cars had pulled up. And um, three police officers jumped on him. Whoa. Um, they asked him for his identification, of course, him being, being from another country. He wasn't walking around with ID on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he told the police that he didn't have it, and they handcuffed, his, handcuffed him and arrested him. Oh, no. And said that it was illegal to not have identification on you. In New York City? Yeah, I, I don't know if it is or not. I, I don't believe it, but... Um, I believe it. In New York City, there's all kinds oh, of rules and regulations like that. I wouldn't that. doubt at all that it's um, illegal to walk around with identification. Now, uh, didn't you guys, weren't you guys concerned about him getting served? Um, in, served with what? Served in um, oh, alcohol. Oh, it gets much, much worse. <laughs> okay. No, I'm wondering about uh, getting served alcohol in bars. Um, oh, I mean, he's, we're, we're in our 30s. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we don't look too young to get served alcohol. Gotcha. Um, I wouldn't, I, I'm in my 30s, too, and I wouldn't concern myself with that. Gotcha. Them. All right. So what? So they arrested him. Now, so they arrested him for public urination, which is generally like a, apparently just something that you get a ticket for, and they arrested him for not having identification. Mm-hmm. Um, so I offered to get his identification. I live only a few. This is all within like three blocks radius of the police station and my home. Right. Okay. So I offered to get his identification and bring it down to the police station. Um, they took him in, and I ran home. I got his ID. Oh I got his pants because he happened to be wearing a kilt. <laughs> huh? And I got his insulin and food because he's type 1 diabetic. Mm. Um, so I brought it back to the police station, and they wouldn't allow me to give him food, insulin. They wouldn't allow me to show the ID. They told me that he was going to be um, kept in the police station overnight, taken a central booking, and that I probably wouldn't see him for at least 24 hours. Man, um, wow! They're putting his life in danger serve without that insulin. Serve and protect. Serve and yeah, protect. Yeah. Well, it turned out, you know, I explained to them that he can't go that long without his insulin. They wouldn't let me give him his medicine. I explained to him that they, he couldn't go probably more than five hours without his medicine, and they mm-hmm. said, "Well, that's fine. He'll just go to the hospital then." Oh my gosh! So, well, we have you know, a procedure he was for away that, ma'am. For me for about five hours, and um, I just started calling hospitals because I knew that that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I found him at a hospital near the central booking, and they had him shackled and handcuffed to a gurney. Oh, man. And he had gone into some sort of diabetic shock. His sugar level was about 10 times higher than than is normal. He was in danger of organ failure, all kinds of things. So I panicked and ended up having to you know, get a lawyer, because they basically told me that this whole process, because he decided to go to the hospital, because he decided to have diabetic problems. um, He decided. Yeah, yeah. Because he decided all this, this was going to put him back, and that he was going to probably have to spend another night in jail without his insulin. Wait, they're going to send him back to jail with no insulin? After they've already determined he's a diabetic? All over again. God. Is he in jail right now? No. <laughs> what I got a lawyer. I panicked and said, I, I, you know, he'll die if he keeps doing this. Right. I got a lawyer. The lawyer, um, once he got out of the um, hospital about four to five hours later, the lawyer sort of facilitated all the paperwork, and we got him in night court. Now, apparently, none of the things that, you know, that they had taken him for were actually against the law, so they made up um, charges, and they oh. charged him with some sort of thing <laughs> that involved... Um, dumping obscene mat- material. Okay. 
Yeah, they charged him under an ordinance that's generally used for when the circus comes into town huh. and they dump sort of elephant dung or something like that. Okay. So, I mean, he walked up in front of the judge. He didn't even stop walking, and all the charges were dismissed. Good wow. Lord. Um, th- that's stunning. Why are you still in New York City? <laughs> I don't know. It happened a week ago. It's really traumatic. What the lawyer told me is the reason that this had basically happened was because it was um, New Year's Eve. The um, police officers were making over- were making you know um, holiday time. They were making extra money because mm-hmm. they were working on a holiday, and that if they arrested people, they got to collect overtime bonuses. Yeah. So well, he they had to oh book him and stuff. Yeah, so they put his life in, in, in danger. So this. So they could get a bonus. Exactly. Amazing. Megan, if you would please uh, consider sending us a picture for the Shrine of Female listeners. And thank you for listening. And also consider getting the heck out of New York City as soon as you possibly can. It's just a very unfriendly place towards freedom. We appreciate the call. Hour number three is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Taking off hour number three, this is the show that you can take control of by dialing in toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the number. The show is Free Talk Live, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. You bring up anything, and you can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. We don't do that. It's free at freetalklive.com. All right, well, I mentioned uh, last hour or earlier in the show, Mark, that we were going to talk about how free trade supposedly hurts. At least that's the opinion of two political hacks writing in the Washington Post. Byron Dorgan, a Democratic senator from North Dakota, and Representative Sherrod Brown, a Democratic senator-elect from Ohio, just so you know where this is coming from. Okay. And this could very easily, just as easily, come from Republicans, too. Just happens to be a couple of Democrats. Here's what they have to say. Fewer and fewer Americans support our government's trade policy. They see a shrinking middle class, lost jobs, and exploding trade deficits. Yet supporters of free trade continue to push for more of the same. More job-killing trade agreements. Greater tax breaks for large corporations that export jobs. And larger government incentives for outsourcing. Okay, we're already into the first just complete batch of misinformation. Right. Supporters of free trade are not pushing for trade agreements, tax breaks for corporations, and government incentives for outsourcing. Supporters of free trade, and there aren't a lot of them out there unless they happen to be liberty-minded individuals like us, are advocating for the complete abolition of government's involvement in trade. That's true free trade, but it's typical of these government people these politicians to completely mislabel the uh, the uh, the agenda to completely completely blow this out of uh, out of proportion as far as what it is that free trade actually is free trade has nothing to do with thousand page trade agreements and everything to do with the aboli- uh, the abolition of those trade agreements you know free trade uh, people support free trade so um, people will politicians uh, that, that want to curry favors for their for their particular constituents they're uh, not not the voters but the the lobbyists and companies that have paid them off will couch some of them will couch what they do in the term free trade because free trade has support people mm-hmm. want free trade people right. want to be able to people want freedom yeah people want to be able to trade with whom they want without 
the government interfering. Um, and then, so free trade is really just another, you know, the, the terminology that is, is used is really just another um, way to get your particular restrictions put in there. Mm-hmm. They're misusing the term. Let's continue with their claims. Last month, voters around the country said they want something very different. They voted for candidates who stood up for the middle class and who spoke out for fair trade. They did so because they understand what's at stake. Now, I'm already through with the third sentence here, and we need to make more corrections. Voters in America did not vote for the Democrats because they endorse what the Democrats say. No. Voters in America voted against the Republicans because they were tired of the Republicans' crap and they didn't have anybody else to vote for. But this is indicative of one of the problems with the wasted vote syndrome that we've addressed before. Because when election time comes around and we talk to people, or I talk to people at least, about voting perhaps for the libertarian candidate for president because it doesn't do you any good. If you're somebody who wants freedom and you're voting for a Republican or a Democrat for president, you might as well just throw your vote away. But people believe they're throwing their vote away if they vote for the libertarian, unfortunately they're wrong because they think, for some reason, people think that when they vote for the other guy, the lesser of two evils, say you wanted to, uh, you hate George Bush, but you're too scared to vote for the libertarian, so you voted for John Kerry. I had a few friends that did that in 2004. Yeah. They don't understand that the candidate doesn't know why you voted for him. The candidate does not look at his vote totals and say, hmm, and th- this applies to those who were voted, uh, voted in in 2006 here. They don't look at their vote totals and say, well, look at here. Uh, that looks like these people came over and voted for me because they didn't like the other guy. No candidate looks at his vote totals and says that to himself. They say to themselves exactly what these guys just said. Hey, they American people, they must love my proposals. They must love my policies and my ideas. And I'm going to implement as many as I possibly can because I have been given a carte blanche from the American people because they voted for me. That, that, that That's all they see when they win the election is I'm the man, whatever I say goes, and people voted for me because they love my ideas. Not so in many cases. In most cases. Yeah. I mean, essentially what people are doing every single time is voting for the lesser of two evils. Um, they're, you know, yep. so on board for, with one particular uh, uh, party or another that they're essentially voting against the other party. There might be a particular instance where they think to themselves, I really care about issue X, yep. abortion, Second Amendment, whatever. And this candidate supports that particular issue, so the rest of it, be damned, I support that candidate. And that particular candidate probably won't do anything on that particular issue because he's going to do things that are uh, going to make the government bigger when he gets elected. He's not going to be busy trying to repeal the size of government, and it doesn't matter if he's a Democrat or a Republican. He's going to get in there and push for the programs that he considers important. And so once again, if you believe that it's important to vote for the lesser of two evils, this is what you get. You get people who believe you've endorsed every single one of their policies. Continuing. Back to the article. Over the past hundred years, Americans have built a thriving middle class. It's the envy of the world, and it didn't come easily. At the turn of the 20th century, child labor was common. Working conditions were often abysmal, and there were no enforced workplace health, safety, or environmental requirements, no unemployment insurance, and no workers' compensation. Workers were attacked and killed for the sole reason that they wanted to form a union. There was no 40-hour work week, minimum wage, job security, overtime pay, or virtually any other limit on the 
exploitation of employees. The exploitation. Okay. There's a lot of issues uh, in that one particular statement. Workplace, health, regulations, unemployment insurance, workers' compensation. The suggestion is that without government, we would all be under uh, whips and chains at uh, our workplace. And it's absurd. And the reason why that suggestion is absurd is because people are a commodity. Employees are are an important uh, portion of doing business. And if you treat your employees like crap, it's only a matter of time before they get sick of your crap and take their business somewhere else. Very quickly. Um, An employee is in the business of selling their labor. That's what they do. And, um, you know, if they don't like doing business with uh, a particular customer, your business, um, for whom they work, their employer, then they can take that, uh, they can start doing business with someone else. Right. Get a new employer. And they will. I mean, they'll do it over the smallest, um, you know, indiscretions. They, you don't, you don't have to do terrible things to them. Right. You could maybe just, uh, I don't know, hire somebody they don't like. And they'll just leave because they don't want to work with that person. Right. Hire just, somebody who stinks. See right. how many, uh, see how many employees leave. America, they claim, was split dramatically between the haves and the have-nots. It was harsh work for many, nasty, brutish, and too often short. Worker activism, new laws, and court decisions changed all of that during the past century. As they did, a middle class grew and thrived. Yes, if it weren't for laws, Mark, there would not be a middle class in America. That's the allegation they're making. By mid-century, it became the engine that drove an ever-expanding economy in which benefits were shared by tens of millions of Americans. The American dream of a secure, well-paid job with benefits. Is that the American dream? (laughs) I think that's the socialist version of the American dream, where you've got your little job and you get to keep it for your entire life, and you get your little uh, white picket fence and all that. A nice house and high-quality public education seemed within reach of everyone who worked hard and played by the rules. Well, I think that the American dream really is to have a good life. Um, you, you know, and, and a, lot of co- a lot of having a good life is, is stuff. Um, I think that people want you know, a clean, nice house and, and those kind of things. I mm-hmm. think that is the American dream. If the American dream is the house with a white picket fence, then what that says is, is that they you know, would own their own little piece of land. They would be sovereign in their own little piece of land, and their little piece of land would be nice. I think that's my objection is, is the claim that it's the American dream to have a well-paid job with benefits. I think that it, that's, part of the, the well, that's part of the American dream. That doesn't, make, that doesn't mean that I'm obligated. If the American dream is to have a house with a white picket fence, I'm not obligated to give you that um, house with a white picket fence. I think that a, a well-paid job with benefits certainly is part of the American dream, and people have to work in order to get that. Um, there's no obligation of America or its taxpayers to provide anybody a job with um, benefits. Was it the middle class, as they claim, that drove the ever-expanding economy? in which benefits were shared by tens of millions of Americans, or was it the relatively unregulated marketplace that drove the economy? More on the way. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we have live streams. There's a broadband version of the show there for you, and a dial-up version as well. Both of them are completely free. That's freetalklive.com. And what is your liberty issue? Perhaps it's privacy. 
Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers include anti-real ID activist Jim Harper from the Cato Institute. Also in attendance will be New Hampshire residents and legislators active in the fight against the national real ID. Federal, um, you can get registered and learn more at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We're sharing an article, an opinion piece, from the Washington Post written by a couple of big government hacks just full of misinformation. And one of our listeners sent this to me, suggested that we respond to it on the air, so that's what we're doing. Because there are just so many uh, false claims and misdirection in this article, it, it definitely deserves... I mean, we have to break it down sentence by sentence in some cases. So they're claiming here, Mark, that if it weren't for the law, if it weren't for all these workplace regulations... We'd all be working for slave wages with slave masters, cracking whips, 24-hour days, children, little babies working on uh, assembly lines. This, if it weren't for the government, that would be the situation we were in today. You know, that's how we—that's what we've been brought up to believe. You know, uh, Upton Sinclair wrote the book *The Jungle*, and mm-hmm. suddenly it became the fact that uh, you know Chicago meatpacking plants um, were just dangerous, terrible places to work, and that uh, you know people worked in, in conditions uh, just just slightly above slaves there. They claim the new mobility of capital and technology coupled with the revolution in information technology makes production of goods possible throughout much of the world. But much of the world at the beginning of the 21st century looks a lot like the United States did a hundred years ago. Workers are grossly underpaid, exploited, and abused. And they have virtually no rights. Many, including children, work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, 6 or 7 days a week, and for only a few dollars a day. You know well, what? In those countries, though, people work for less money. Right. That's the point they ignore when they talk about these things. The people that are working in factories in these co- in the countries they're talking about make more than the people who are on the farms on those countries. The people in those factories are doing relatively well for themselves. I mean, families can eat for ten dollars a month in these countries. Right. You know. So uh, yeah, they don't. They'd get paid for uh, paid dollars a day, but that. That's it's good pay. People, the people that are writing this article prey on the ignorance of the American people. The American people apparently, when they when they read things like this, they say to themselves, the the concerned liberal college kids, for instance, they say mm-hmm. to themselves, oh my gosh, these workers around the world, they're only getting paid pennies a day, less than a dollar a day. How can this happen? How can this go on in this world? We have so much wealth, we have so much money. Why are they being paid like this? They just don't realize that economies are different in different areas of the world. It's not the same here in the United States as it is in Guatemala, as it is in Ethiopia, as it is in uh, Taiwan, for instance. It's a different world from here to there. As far as the business structure is concerned, as far as the economy is concerned, as far as pay scales are concerned, what things tend to cost. It's, it's different. It, it is absolutely different. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, people have a different standard of living in, in countries like that. They expect different things. I mean, you can live on very little money here, too, if you chose to eat and chose to live in a certain fashion. It's certainly possible. But, um, you know, in other countries, they have just different means. And by the way, go to another country. Drink a Coca-Cola. See what that costs you. They claim that workers are grossly underpaid. Well, we've addressed that one. They are paid well for what they do in that particular country. Exploited and abused? Well, you'd have to bring up individual cases. 
you'd think if the workers were being exploited and abused and weren't getting paid well, that they'd just stop coming to work. I mean, they're not slaves, unless they are slaves, and then that, that's a whole other issue. There's a chance they could be slaves in certain countries using you know, prison labor and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, if they're getting exploited and abused, just like the allegations were about the United States citizens 100 years ago, then they could just not come to work and go work for somebody who wasn't going to exploit and abuse them. They're not being exploited and abused. They voluntarily chose to go and get those factory jobs. Mm -hmm. They wanted to go to work in these places. In fact, a lot of times, they'll go and they'll work the factory job, get a bunch of cash, then go back to the farm, the family farm, and put that money down on the, the family farm and improve their farm and, uh, and bring themselves back home. And, and, and then somebody else will go out and work in the factory. They may very well do that. You know, that's done all the time. And I they're, mean, they're voluntarily doing it. They believe that it is a benefit to them right. somehow. And they're claiming that, oh, these other countries look like the rest of the world looks like the, the, the United States did 100 years ago. Well, good. We should celebrate that. We should celebrate the fact that they're not an agrarian society anymore. These other countries are moving into their own industrial age. And they're also doing it at the same time when the Internet exists. So they're moving along at a fine clip. Just because they're not neck and neck with the United States doesn't necessarily mean that there's any big problem. They just didn't move along on the, uh, the market path as fast as we did. And the reason for that isn't because they don't have enough laws. It's because they have too many laws. John Stossel, when he was doing uh, some research for one of his reports, he went to a couple of different countries, and he tried to start his own business selling ABC News Frisbees. Mm. Simple business. Yeah. In India, (laughs) there were reams of paperwork, reams of papers and forms to be filled out and waiting and processing and bureaucracy before he could actually open it. He gave up. He couldn't get through the bureaucracy. And he's still waiting. <laughs> right. Yeah, he gave up on it. In Hong Kong, by comparison, one of the freest, the most free, economically free place in the world, by two separate reports, they have one piece of paper. You filled out that piece of paper, they handed you your business license in. You, were, you could open up a store in the mall. That was it. So there's a difference. There's a huge difference in the regulatory atmosphere between certain countries. And, you, I mean, India is, one of, is like one of the mid-range com, uh, countries. Try doing that in North Korea. Well, you can't even get in. <laughs> well, right. Well, there's all kinds of restrictions. And it's the government despotism. This, it's these third world governments that are the problem. It's the governments who say, huh, you can't start a business here without our express permission. Well, there goes your economy. You want a thriving economy? You want a middle class? Let people start their own businesses. That's one of the problems with these other countries. It's not the fact that they don't have the same laws as we do. It's that they've got controlling freak governments. Well, you know, we're getting worse on yes, that we front, are. not better. Um, it's harder and harder to open a business, and there's more regulations. Um, the businesses that are in uh, in control or that are in existence right now don't want competition. So they lobby for, um, you know, they, the, the local restaurant boards are generally um, filled with popula- people by restaurateurs in that town. And they make the rules as to what restaurants have to do in order to get licensed. So they just try to make it difficult for more restaurants to come in, more competition, more places for people to eat. They don't like that. 
So these whiners uh, writing this article, they go on to talk about there's a global race to the bottom as corporations troll the world for the cheapest labor, the fewest health, safety, and environmental regulations, and the government's most unfriendly to labor rights. U.S. trade agreements pave the way for this race. While rejecting protections for workers or the environment, they protected investors in corporate interests. Typical. Attacking the people that are just trying to create a product at the lowest price. And the reason why they're sending business outside of America is because of all the regulations you've piled onto them. Or on the way, it's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. Bring up anything. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And that number again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are totally free, and that does include the updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Again, that is updates.freetalklive.com. Birthdays and anniversaries can catch you unawares. 1-800-Flowers.com delivers the same day, any day. Call, click, or come in for fresh flowers and gourmet gifts. Use code FTL to save 10% off your next order. That's code FTL, 1-800-Flowers.com. So we're talking about this article from the Washington Post by a couple of big government freaks talking about how free trade is a bad thing. We need to have fair trade. But unfortunately, they, they just completely misinform from the very beginning of the article. They claim that free trade is what we have today. Yeah. And it's not. Not even close. If you've ever tried to trade It's some anything. other's version. It's somebody else's version of fair trade. Because right. fair trade means whatever I think is fair. Mm-hmm. And um, there's people paying me off and um, I'm in the back pocket of certain interests. So I think things are fair that aren't really fair. Right. And that's how it's going to be with every politician. Sure it is. And so they're complaining about the state of uh, the, a business around the world, that corporations are evil and they're trying to go out and take advantage of people and exploit people. The only fair trade is free trade. It's true. It, it, really free trade. I don't mean free trade like NAFTA, and I don't mean free trade like CAFTA, and I don't mean free trade, um, free is trade the like absence the... of government regulations. What's the Pacific Rim one? I have I no idea. Remember. Anyway, let's continue with their claims, because they've got more. The result has been a global race to the bottom, as corporations troll the world for the cheapest labor, the fewest health, safety, environmental regulations, and the government's most unfriendly to labor rights. U.S. trade agreements paved the way for this race. While rejecting protections for workers and the environment, they protected investors in corporate interests. The results of such trade agreements, say they, are skyrocketing trade deficits, more than $800 billion this year alone, and downward pressure on income and benefits for American workers. Why? Because these agreements enable countries to ship what their low-wage workers produce to the United States while blocking many U.S. products from entering their countries. So what do you want to do there, guys? Do you want to make it illegal for people to import products from other countries? Yeah. Would that protect the United States? You know, as far as I'm concerned... If let's look at it this way, um, Ian, you and I want to do business. I want to buy something from you. Are we in the same country? No, no. I, I, we are countries. Okay. But um, let's since you want to boil it, since they want to boil it down that uh, countries expect to sell us stuff here, but they uh, but then they won't take our stuff. That's not fair to us. 
So let's. I'll be us, and you be them. You're the United States. Yes. And I'm Guatemala. Fine. Okay. Um, so I want to import uh, cheap Guatemalan tennis shoes because um, it's cheaper to manufacture tennis shoes down there, and I'm right. so I, I'm going to buy some tennis shoes. Okay. I'm going to put them on the kids of my um, the feet of my kids, and right. um, and now I want to sell you some expensive computer parts. I don't want it. You don't want my stuff. I just bought your shoes. Okay. Thank you for that. But I don't want your computer parts. I'm getting my computer parts uh, from Taiwan, and they're much cheaper. Okay. Well, I'll go find somebody else to buy the computer uh, parts. The thing is, is I get shoes. You know? Right. I've got shoes. And you don't have expensive computers. But now we're going to pass a law that's going to make it so there's a, either a huge tariff on those shoes that I'm trying to sell you from Guatemala, right. or you can't buy them at all. Well, I, now that's not, I don't know how I'm going to make, fit, it, fit that into my scenario, because then what's going to happen is I have to buy the shoes at a, you know, uh, the American citizens have to buy the shoes at a com- elevated rate, or they can get American shoes, which are, you know, ten times as much as the Guatemalan right. shoes, but they put a ten times tariff on the Guatemalan shoes to make it all fair. Right. So shoes then cost a $100 a pair. Right. And so then, um, you know, Americans have to work ten times as long to buy a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help Americans. But that's what they're claiming. They're claiming that kind of crap will help Americans. It helps um, labor unions that, uh, you know, make produce shoes. In shoes. America. Um, it helps uh, politicians who make money off of the tariffs. It doesn't help American people. They're going to use the old uh, level playing field here in a moment. But let's go. Uh, let's go on. Equally important... By enabling this kind of trade, say the bureaucrats, the agreement forces U.S. workers to accept cuts in their pay and benefits so their employers can compete with low-wage foreign producers. And those who are forcing, were forcing U.S. workers to accept cuts in their pay and benefits. I, I didn't know that companies put guns to people's heads and forced them to do those sorts of things. Millions of others have lost their jobs as corporations moved overseas to build the same products with cheap foreign labor. It's no coincidence that salaries and wages today are the lowest percentage of the gross domestic products since the government began keeping track of this in 1947. Well, the inflation is a factor there as well. That's Mm -hmm. one of the factors. They, of course, don't address that uh, because that's not an issue with these guys. The issue is that there are people doing things for less in other countries, and they want to figure out a way to... Even the playing field. <laughs> it took a century to build a, a century to build a thriving middle class and economic security here in America. We need to protect that for which we have sacrificed. What? What did? What did we sacrifice? Yeah. What? What did we sacrifice in order to build this uh, middle class that they're talking about? I don't think there was sacrifice involved. I think there were investments in that business uh, capitalists, people with capital took their capital and invested it in business. Now, if they lost their butt. In the business, you might be able to call that a sacrifice, but they were trying to make money. It yeah. wasn't an intentional thing. I think sacrifice is where you intentionally, you know, commit uh, seppuku and you cut your uh, belly open so your guts can fall out. That's a sacrifice. That's where you're intending to lose uh, for some particular reason. It 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 seems like that's what they're trying to portray. Yeah, businesses in America aren't intending to lose when they go into business. They want to win, win, win. They inevitably, some of them will lose, because that's just how the cookie crumbles. That's how the market works. They say, we must insist that all trade agreements have labor, environmental, and other protections so that American workers can compete on a level playing field. Trade agreements must also be reciprocal. The American market is the most desirable in the world. Every country wants access to it. That gives us a real great deal of leverage, if only we'd use it. Barriers to U.S. products overseas should not be tolerated. 
So what they want to do is they want to write um, some more so-called fair trade agreements. As they say, we believe there's a better way. Fair trade is not the enemy of more trade. It's how we expand international trade without reversing U.S. economic progress. It is the enemy of more trade. You guys have no idea of which you speak. Oh, you they, they no, may very well have an idea. They, they're no, just benefiting no, themselves. No, if they're, no they, they're claiming to be the, the benefactors of the American people in general. They're claiming that their policies are going to help the American people, but we just outlined in our little role-playing scenario how it is they're going to hurt us. Well, look, because right now, I can go buy a pair of shoes for 20 bucks at Walmart. But if, it's, if they have to be made in America, or we're going to put um, huge tariffs on shoes made outside of this country, I'm going to have to spend $100 on that pair of shoes, or $60 on that pair of shoes, which gives me, as an American, less money to spend on other things. And it's not just going uh, to affect shoes. It's going to affect all sorts of products coming in to this country. And that's going to give those businesses around the world less of a reason to do business here, and it's going to make it so Americans have less money to buy the things they need for life. We are going to suffer as a result of these new regulations. Look, if um, if the American people at this point are gullible enough to believe senators and representatives and their and their elected people, um, they, they elected are. representatives, they'd get what they deserve. They will. But um, unfortunately, we are also going to get the process. It. We will get it at the same time, unless we can actually, uh, hopefully, at some point in the future, the free state maybe open up the port, abolish all tariffs and actually have a true free trade zone here in the United States. That's what I'd like to see happen. And as a result, if we would have if we'd abolish tariffs, income or import tariffs, we would have all kinds of low-priced products flowing into the ports of America, sure. which makes the poor people and the middle class their dollars go further. Right. When you can buy things it, for less, you can buy more things and put more away. It makes the them wealthier because wealth isn't little green pieces of paper. Wealth is you know, the things you have. So I think we've pretty much rebutted that article pretty successfully. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to Zach in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Zach in Minnesota. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind, Zach? Uh, first of all, I'd just like to say um, I'm a new-time listener to the show. I've been listening to it every night here for a couple weeks. I like what you guys are doing. Excellent. Now, secondly, um, I'd like you to hang on because we're going to come back to you and find out what else you have on your mind as a newish listener. More on the way with Zach in Minnesota, if he's patient, and I think he will be. 800-259-9231 is the number for you to get in here in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. It's all of three bucks a month. It's above and beyond all the free services and cool stuff that we give you at freetalklive.com. The purpose is simple. You send in three bucks a month. We turn it around into promoting the show. It doesn't go to paychecks. It goes into internet advertising to get more internet listeners, uh, industry advertising to get more radio stations on board, thereby expanding the message of freedom and, and liberty to more new ears, getting more new people into the folds of uh, the, the pro-freedom movement. And that's pretty important. If it's important to you, you should go to amp.freetalklive.com to help spread the show. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we go to Zach in Minnesota, a relatively new listener of the show. Zach, we uh, just barely had time to introduce you in the last segment, but now you've got plenty of time. What's on your mind? Uh, I just had a couple things to pick your guys' brains about. Sure. 
Um, I was listening a couple of days ago, and you were talking about, was it Boston that was thinking about putting microphones and cameras up all over? Yes, uh, that like a, a number of other cities have. There's uh, at least five major cities in the United States that have done this. Microphones. Well, it's all, it's all over because I'm here in Mankato, Minnesota, kind of small town, and we've got little cameras all around downtown that you can see. Well, now the cameras have been—they've been, the cameras are in far more places than the microphones are. You're talking about like traffic uh, cameras. Well, those are on every stoplight you can see, but these are on the street corners and really up in the parking lots all over downtown. Wow, and they're government cameras. They're not uh, not private cameras like Walmart. They've oh, got cameras in their city park. cameras. Okay, hmm. how long have they been there? Uh, I just noticed them a couple weeks ago. Anybody? Uh, have you talked to anybody about it? Any idea as to who's it tied into? Is it a police system? I, I hear it's to monitor the bars downtown. Oh, but, that's, um, that's the excuse. The, uh, that's the official government story. Wow. Monitoring the bars, as though we've had such problems with bars in the past. We've never been able to survive without cameras monitoring bars in the past. Now we have to have them. I mean, what a what a lame excuse. Bars have been able to handle their problems for all of time. We don't need the government camera system to assist them. I find it somewhat disturbing the whole idea of government, you know, the government having these cameras. How how much do they um, does it cost to maintain them? Who watches these A things? Um, you know, how many people are watching an individual uh, set of cameras? I mean, are there is there one cop per camera? No, there's no way they, they can they, afford that. Why? Maybe they can. Maybe they're no. just going to charge us for it. See, that's the thing is people really are when it comes down to it, to some extent or another. You're responsible to protect yourself from crime. So Not in today's America, Mark. Well, they, they darn sure should be. If they were carrying guns on their persons, then they could be responsible for handling themselves. And uh, I wouldn't be responsible for, put, for putting a, uh, paying for a camera to watch over them. You know, you're right, Mark. When you say when it comes down to it, it is your responsibility. However, the government attempts to portray this message to the American people that... Well, now, it's not your responsibility. In fact, if, a, if someone breaks into your home, you have to leave your house and call the police. I mean, there are places where you're not even allowed to defend your own home because the government attempts to promote this message of, no, we're here to protect and serve. Whenever there's a violent situation, you aren't allowed to respond. You need to call mommy government in to take care of you. But, of course, as you point out, Mark, if it's life or death, if it's somebody coming into your home, you need to defend yourself. Absolutely. Or you might get killed. Zach? Yeah, um, here here in Minnesota, um, we're a last resort state. You have to exhaust all other options before so taking violence to defend yourself. So lame. But it, um, my my main thing to talk to you guys about was how the yes. the trends in the two major political parties have kind of flip flop recently. Um, it seems uh, Republicans want more government when traditionally they're supposed to want less and democrats are the exact opposite why do you think that guy why do you think that's happening because they're in charge uh, well i don't whatever, think it's really flip-flopped whatever party happens to be in charge um you know that's what they're going to they're going to want to grow the government in their area and the the party that's not in charge is going to be selling freedom now they've really even seen the democrats doing that no they're absolutely selling civil liberties the democrats are talking civil liberties all over the place um, especially on the Internet, everything I get from um, Democrat people are talking about how George Bush is violating human rights and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but what, they're not doing anything now that they're in power. No, they're not going to. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make okay. is once one of them gets in power, then it's grow the government. 
in the particular area that they want to grow the government I guess in. maybe I just didn't see them advocating for freedom when it was all Republican control. I didn't really get a message from yeah. Democrats that they were for freedom in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. I, I heard a few of them that weren't elected complain about it, but I didn't actually see any of the elected ones do anything. Well, they're, not, they're not doing anything. They're not going to do anything about it. It's the party that's not in control will just um, put out all kinds of propaganda I about see. how um, you know the party that is in control is violating your rights in whatever particular right. arena. The um, Republicans will talk about um, fiscal conservatism. Fiscal conservatism, as far as um, you know, your your rights go in that arena. The, mm-hmm. the Democrats are spending too much. Blah blah blah. And the Democrats will then um, point out, you know, the violations in civil liberties. Certainly the Democrats were, po- were pointing out at this time the uh, Republicans uh, being spending more money than anyone's ever spent. Right. Um, and then and they all get into As a, they should. And then one team or the other gets elected to office and they screw us. Yep. Zach? Yeah. Um, well, I realize we're running short on time. I just have one more thing to sure. say with you guys about. Um, I heard you, I forget what show it was, but... Talking about the drug war and how it's kind of ridiculous. It is. Um, as a law enforcement student, I would like to see Ooh. nothing better than to get drugs legalized because I would like to think when I'm a cop, I would have a lot better stuff to do with my time than um, if some guy's got a little pocket of weed. You, you know, it's um, probably you'd probably like to think that your life isn't put in danger over this stupid drug war too. Yeah, and another thing, because I nobody's going to shoot you over aspirin, my friend. Exactly. And um, what I think the only reason drugs are still illegal is because no politician wants to be the one to support drugs, if you will. That's a so factor. Think- That's a factor. But there's also some other factors, and that includes the chiefs of police. Um, for instance, when if you if you look to Nevada this past year, they had a marijuana legalization ballot measure for people to come vote on. And who do you think turned out against it? But the chiefs of police, the people who are supposed to be just enforcers of the law, right? They're not supposed to necessarily take a position because we've tried to we've tried to corner certain law enforcement officers on the air about this, and they'll just play it off. They'll say, "Oh, well, you know, I just I just enforce the law. It's just my job to enforce the law. I don't I can't take any political positions." But when the time comes, for there to be a ballot measure to possibly legalize marijuana to some extent, they absolutely take a political position. They come out and talk about how marijuana is the most evil drug that is ever uh, that is on the face of this planet, and we need to put a stop to it, and we need to not make it legal because it's bad, bad, bad. And so the poli- chiefs of police get right up there and they advocate for it. Now, why are the chiefs of police doing that? What I think is because a lot of municipal governments, their chiefs are elected officials just like senators many of them are not most sheriffs are elected officials the chiefs of police tend to be appointed yeah a lot i've heard of a lot that are elected and appointed as well i'll tell you this is how you find out what it is that they're thinking you follow the money every single time follow the money and there is a whole bunch of money in enforcing this drug war i mean they get to buy all the cool gadgets i mean isn't it really great that some police departments have tanks armored personnel carriers, how do you think they paid for those things? They didn't do it by picking up rapists and murderers, let me tell you. True. They did it by confiscating um, the property of all these uh, drug dealers and that kind of thing. Plus, That's where they get the money from this. Plus, I understand you're, uh, you're a law enforcement student, and I'm interested, Zach, in sort of following your career as you go through the classes, the things that they're, that they're teaching you, the things they're indoctrinating you with, what sort of things you <laughs> learn. So if you could, maybe check back in from time to time and highlight some of the process uh, of becoming a law enforcement officer. I think it would be very educational for a lot of our listeners out there. But something you're going to come across eventually is the level of corruption 
within the police business, so-called. Oh, I've, I've already seen it. I'm only a second-year college student because up here in Minnesota, we need a four-year degree. What have you seen? Um, four-year degree to be a cop? Yep. Up here in Minnesota, right. you, well, I mean, the state says you need two years, but I'm going for the four-year. What have you What have you seen? Well, um, I've worked in local uh, police stations already, and mm-hmm. you know, I haven't seen anybody taking bribes or anything, but, I mean, people do favors for their friends mm-hmm. and things like that, so, I mean... Sure. If now, they're doing favors for their... If you're seeing them do their favors for their friends, then, you know... What aren't you seeing? That's the question. And there yep. are there are sheriffs out there, there are people in the upper echelons of law enforcement who are absolutely drug dealers. They are people who are importing marijuana and cocaine and other drugs into this country. They have an approved network of dealers that they sell it to. Their distributors are on the streets. And that's one of the reasons why you see law enforcers, so-called, out against legalizing drugs. Because they know it's going to take away their illicit profits. And it's going to prevent them from being able to be the corrupt police that they currently are. I know, not all cops are that way. But the fact is... Who would be the best drug dealer in any given area? The man with the most protection, the sheriff himself. And if you don't believe me, I've got some names for you, but I'm not going to give them on the air. Thanks for the call. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it, Zach. 802, well, we're done for tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And I hope Zach checks back in, because I really am interested to know what sort of other things he experiences on his road. I want to hear about his challenges in dealing with liber- the concepts of liberty and being a police That's officer. That's got to be tough. That's going to be a tough balance. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.